So let's do quickly the Yemei Chabad today is, we'll do for Yudzayin Nisan. That's the 17th day of Nisan. This is in the year of Tafresh Mem Gimel. That's 643, 5,643, which corresponds to... Say five, six, four, three. April 24th, 1883. 1883. 1883. Okay. That was the day that the Admur, the word Admur is a Hebrew terminology for a Rebbe. An Admur. Admur stands for Adonenu my master, my teacher, and. Uh, uh, another expression of uh, my teacher, that's usually when we say an admur. So an admur denotes that somebody who uh, leads a community like a rebbe, and then he has chassidim. So this is the admur Yisrael Noyach, or he was called in brief, he's called the Maharin. He was the fourth son of the Tzemach Tzedek. And his yard is on the 17th day of Nisan in Tafrej Mem Gimel. Now, the uh, Maharin, the Admur Maharin, uh, of course, to us as Chabad Hasidim, we basically follow the lineage as it goes down through the Lubavitcher Rebbe's. It was the seventh son of the Tzemach Tzedek, the youngest brother of the Maharin, who followed the Chabad lineage, became the Rebbe in Chabad. However, he also became a Rebbe, as well as some of the other, most of the other children of the Tzemach Tzedek, as we learned, besides the oldest one, Rabbi Ruch Sholem, but all the other ones became rabbis. So the Maharin, uh, the fourth son, he was born in the year Tov Kuf Ayin Hei, that is 5,575 from creation, and he, now get a load of this one, this is getting complicated. He, and we're not going to go, in his first, he had two marriages. Now, the two marriages. Son. The fourth, this is the fourth son of the Tzemach Tzedek. Okay. He had two marriages. In his first marriage, he married the daughter, the daughter of Rabbi Kusil Zalman. Rabbi Kusil Zalman, a daughter of Rabbi Kusil Zalman, Kusil Zalman was a son-in-law of the Mitla Rebbe. He was a grandson of the Bardichever. Remember the big wedding, the Zlobiner wedding between the Alter Rebbe, the, the Alter Rebbe and the Bardichever right. when their grandchildren got married. So the Bardichever's grandson, Rabbi Yukusil Zalman, married the Alter Rebbe's granddaughter, the daughter of the Mittler Rebbe. We had all these daughters married, the Rebbe's daughters married, one the Tzemach Tzedek, and one married the uh, Rabbi Yaakov Chuli Slonim, one married... <coughs> Uh, the uh, Rabbi Kusil Zalman, um, then uh, and the other ones we've learned yesterday, days before, all all all, all of the, they, they married all great Yaakov Yisrael of Cherkas was one, or the Chernobyl family, and um, again there's another one more that I, I forget, it's my mind right now. But in any event, so he, he being a son of the Tzemach Tzedek, right? Married the his mother's right. His mother was a daughter of the Mitla Rebbe. He married his first cousin because he married his mother's sister. 
His mother was a daughter of the, his mother, Chaya Mushka. His mother's sister's daughter he married. His first cousin he married. That was his first marriage. You can do, right? Do what you can do, yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Which was, who was the grandson? Of Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, as we said before, that was grandson. the grandson of Rebbe Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev. In his second marriage, get a load of this. He married. He got divorced. What happened over there? I'm not sure. I don't think. I think she passed away. Okay. I, you know, I should know these answers, these questions. It's it's out there, but I I'm not another. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, it's most of them. So on the second marriage, he became the son-in-law. Of his uncle, again, I don't know. This this was a, he was a son-in-law of his aunt. Now wait a minute, you're going to see this. He became a son-in-law. This time he became the son-in-law also of his uncle because uh, Rabbi Kusil Zalman was his uncle because Rabbi Kusil Zalman's wife. No, no, Rabbi Kusil Zalman's wife was his. Zalman's wife was his sister. To his mother, to the wife of the Samach Tzedek, that was one of the sisters. So he, had, but his time he married his uncle, which is the only son of the Samach Tzedek. Samach Tzedek had one son. He had five daughters, but he had one son that we studied yesterday. Uh, his name was Nachum, Menachem Nachum. He was Nachum, the daughter of Menachem Nachum, the son of the Mitzvah Rebbe. Remember, but this Menachem Nachum married. But that was also, we studied that um, Menachem Nochem married in his second marriage. Now, I'm not sure whether this daughter was from the first or the second marriage because we learned yesterday on the 16th day of Nisan that this Menachem Nochem married his niece, Freda, who was the daughter of Yaakov Yisrael of Cherkas. That's what we went through yesterday. But in any event, let's not go, let's get about it. But I'm not sure... But it says here just that he married, he married the daughter of Reb Nochem, who was the son of the Mitla Rebbe. So it's another first cousin of his. But it was instead of his mother's sister's daughter, this time it was his mother's brother's daughter. Yeah, that's what it was. His mother's, his mother's brothers. His mother, brothers, his mother, brother, these are all great, great people. Now, uh, he says it like this. And I think when you're saying that sometimes this marriage, there's the genes, the no good, as we know today. But it either works, it works sometimes for the positive and sometimes for the negative. But they don't either tell they, us about the negative, they only tell us about the positive. So, but here you're saying that yeah, this, this, that ended up, you know, Down syndrome. Or yeah, because this is consanguinity, right? Is what this is meaning? Marrying within the genes. In Massachusetts, it's illegal. Well, there's more chance of a problem. In the in the illegal here. Is it illegal? Even cousins illegal? First cousins. First cousins First illegal. Illegal. Okay, so the Maharin, that's known as Shlom Noyach. He was a a great genius, and his father appointed him to be the head of the yeshiva that he founded in Lubavitch, and. Any time there were uh, questions in the revealed part of Torah that came to the uh, Tzemach Tzedek, 
and whether it was court cases, lit- litigations, or people wanted to uh, uh, approvals for their books, or uh, they wanted uh, you know to the Rebbe to look over, or think he would pass all to him. Anytime somebody had a question, it was Rebbe Yisrael Noyach who would respond. Before he would give the response, he would show his father the response. And Tzemach Tzedek would approve, basically, his response. So it went through the eye of the Tzemach Tzedek, but his son would basically handle that part. And he was a tremendously humble person. He was very, very modest. And he was somebody who easily cried, and he would start his davening with the crying from, from the beginning of the davening through the end. He would cry all the way through. And here you see how this joins both forces that notwithstanding having this great intellect, also they were very emotional people and they're very attached. So you have sort of uh, both, both of, you know, have the <laughs> having both, you know, both being very strong intellectually and very strong in Talmud, also being a servant of Hashem emotionally. After the passing of the Tzemach Tzedek, he remained for two years in the city of Lubavitch, in which he conducted himself as the Rebbe. As it's known, the Rebbe Maharash, the youngest son, did not officially accept the leadership right after his father's passing. But it was, it was actually more than that. I think it says by 11 years later, by 10, officially, he didn't sit on his father's place only after, in the head of the synagogue, only after, I think he says, 10, 11 years. Although, as the Rebbe points out, that the first mimer that he said, well, I'm just trying to think if I'm mixing it up with the Rebbe Rashab or the Rebbe Marash. Well, I got to check that up. I forgot. I think it was the... I, I think it was the Rebbe Marash. I'm not sure about that, but I don't want to go any further without checking it out first. One of the, I think it was the Rebbe Maharash. We learned it, but unfortunately we forget what we learned. <laughs> so, yeah, because the Rebbe Rashab has no, no, no. I, I, I believe, I believe that this happened with the Rebbe Marash. That's what really what happened. The Marash was the youngest. And he, yeah, he was 11, and he, uh, he also died very young. So in 1860, he was born in 1860. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, the, thing is, the thing is that he stayed there for two years, and in the year Tafresh Chofches, that's two years after the passing of his father, he moved to the city of Nezhin, and he led, and he was a rebbe over there for 15 years, until he passed away in the... Uh, year Tafrej Mem Gimel. Um, so that's actually he he passed away. Yeah, he he passed away on the same year that his brother passed away, and you know his brother passed away actually before him. He was the fourth son, and the Rebbe Marash was the uh, was the seventh son, and still the Rebbe Marash, the youngest, and still the Rebbe Marash passed away like earlier, in the beginning of that year, in the year of Tav and Gimel. Um, and the, um, the um, no, it's not correct. The story I was saying must be about, that must be about 
the Rebbe Rashab because he said the Maimer Keser Yitnu Lucha after the passing of the Rebbe Maharash and because his older brother the Razo he didn't want to take his 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 place there it took him yeah, some time but that was the Rebbe yeah that was the Rebbe that was the Rebbe Rashab but the um, the um, the uh, the Rebbe Maharash I'm not sure exactly uh, we have to. Um, uh, see, um, we learned it already, but I, I forget. Um, it's related about him. You know, this is a, uh, a kind of a sad uh, story, but um, uh, that one time, one of the uh, people he was passing by, and uh, people coming in, Admor, a Rebbe, they came to get his blessing. And there was a Jewish man who desired to make fun. You know, he he mocked the Rebbe, and he you know mocked the Rebbe's powers, mocked the Rebbe's. Uh, and um, notwithstanding that he had some some children, he had many children, but he decided that he's going to go into the Rebbe the Maharin to to the Admiral Maharin, and uh, he presented himself like he has no children, and he asked the Rebbe to a blessing that. He should have children. And the Marin told him, you know, it's actually terrible that you leave this world without having any children, he said to him. And he says that the unfortunate story you have, that that, that person died without, all of his children died during his lifetime. And, you know, he, and he said that he was in pain all of his life, that because he made fun of the Rebbe, because he came to the Rebbe, he said to him, I don't have any children. So the Rebbe says, it's terrible. So making fun of the Rebbe got him what he, uh, what he what he's looking for. And what he's, he is, he is a uh, resting place in the city of Nezhin, uh, in the same place where the grandfather, the Mittler Rebbe, because as you remember, the Mittler Rebbe, uh, on his way, left left Lubavitch to go seek uh, to go to to go. No, that, no, no. From the yeah, that was from the from Lubavitch. He went to go ahead and pray. He wasn't his health and seeking. Uh, he went to Aditch and he went to pray to the to the gravesite of his grandfather, of his father, of the of the Alter Rebbe, and he got sick on the way back, and uh, and he passed away over there, and they bury in they they they, they buried him in, in they interned him in in the city of Nezhin, and then his I guess this was the uh, grandson, uh, it was the. Um, um, Great grand, the great, uh, I mean, grandson actually, because his mother's father was the Mitla Rebbe. Into the 50, the 60s, so, oh. that was a life, that was the average lifespan. Not only that, his Tzemach Tzedeks. Compared to today, you'd say a person was very young. Yeah. But in those times, it was, I mean, what medicine did they have? Nothing. And uh, but that's that's something very um, very important. Never to you know to mock you know or uh, or to make fun because you, you you never know you might be starting up with something that is with fire and you can you better stay clear of. Uh, it says like in the Pirkei it says you must be careful with the with the coals of the great people that you shouldn't be burnt by it because you know you never know what you're going to end up um, but uh, you know sometimes when uh, you mock somebody 
so you get what you marked. It's like meter connected meter. It's measure. It's called measure for measure. Measure for measure. What goes around comes around. But sometimes I just want to finish in a positive note because this is sort of a negative note. And we'll finish positive note that sometimes you know you mark someone, and it's for the positive. What does it mean? What am I saying? Um, there's a story also that one of the complaints of the uh, opponents of the Hasidim, the Mesnagdim, were that, you know, that the Hasidim are fakers. You know, they pretend, you know, they daven and they make shake and they close their eyes, they do various different uh, external motions and they're not really, they're just show-offs, you know, they're just uh, playing the role, they're not really into it, they're not, they're pretending, they're not really what they are. So they complained to the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe said, yeah, is that so? In that case, they're going to be punished with the punishment that says in the Talmud. Now, everybody was astonished. What does the Alter Rebbe mean? You know, what does it mean with the punishment that's in the, in the, in the, in the Talmud? Why is the Alter Rebbe saying that? And later on, it was clarified what the Alter Rebbe meant. It says in the Talmud, it says... Somebody who mocks somebody else before he dies from the world will end up with the same blemish. If he mocks somebody who stutters, then he'll end up stutters. If he mocks somebody who's uh, limping, he'll end up limping. So don't mock anybody. That's what the Talmud says. So the Al-Trebbe meant, he says, these people are mocking the real Hasidim. So they're trying to imitate them, but they're not really... He says, so that means that at some point before they die, they'll reach that level and they'll really become Hasidim. <laughs> so, so even though, so they're mocking somebody, sometimes mocking somebody, something making fun is used in the positive. So hopefully that, you know, we can pretend sometimes, you know, it's not, people say, you know, be truthful. You know, a lot of times you say to people, say, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, you told him, you know, do something, do a mitzvah. He says, no, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I do all these bad things. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Hey, listen, you're a hypocrite anyways. <laughs> you know, we, all, all of our life is one big hypocrisy. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, but you adjust to everything. So do, do a mitzvah, you know, first do it not for the right purpose. Do it shaloy lishma, do it not. Eventually, it says, First you do it not for the right purposes. Eventually you'll come to do it for the right purposes. So don't stop doing it and excusing yourself. But I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know, if you don't want to be a hypocrite, don't do other things. <laughs> Mitzvah and Torah is okay. And then, you know, then you'll, 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 you'll strive for perfection.